Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host, James McLamb, and I'm excited to have with me my daughter, Sarah Beth. How are you doing tonight, Sarah Beth? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. You having a good evening? I am, yes. It's gotten really chilly here in North Carolina. We're like out of the second summer season and headed into winter. So, <laughs> but <laughs> Let's hope that's not the case. I know. I know. I'm like, it's it's freezing outside, but Hey, I heard you did an interview recently. Who was that with? <laughs> well, I had the opportunity. It's a rare opportunity that I actually interview someone by myself, but I got to interview Michael Davis. Now, Michael Davis is the founder of a group called the Ethos Education Group. They're located in the Dallas area of Dallas, Texas, a great group that is committed really to building character education curriculum for youth in that area and really nationwide. They have an elaborate programs, some, some, some great uh, character development platforms that they have. It was a wonderful time uh, with, to, to connect with Mr. Michael Davis. That's great. Um, what, what is our audience about to learn um, while they watch this interview that you did? Well, Michael talks a lot about the four pillars that the Ethos Education Group developed their curriculum on, identity, purpose, value, and vision. But it's really all created to help youth develop a growth mindset. He's really concerned and his organization is really concerned that youth are struggling with identity crisis. And we've talked about this a lot on the Gen Z show, especially because of the pandemic, they really are struggling with um, an identity crisis. You and I were talking about that off air about someone that we feel like is struggling with an identity crisis because of the pandemic as well. But this is, he they really are developing curriculum that is built toward developing that growth mindset and helping students and youth find uh, their voice and, and really being able to establish themselves. They have great success uh, in, in those youth who come through their program, being able to uh, find gainful employment, find success in school, find success in college. It's just really an amazing program. What I'm most excited about, why I want you guys to, to listen to this and share this program is that you can you don't have to be in the Dallas area to be involved with this. They have an online platform that anyone across the nation can be involved with. And I really want to help promote that because I believe it can help a lot of you. So uh, I, I'm excited about it. And... I guess you and I can just stop talking. We'll just jump right into this interview with Michael Davis from the Ethos Education Group. Michael, welcome to the Gen Z Show. Thank you so much. Hey, before we even go any farther, let's, uh, let's do a shout out and thank our mutual friend, Andy Costa, for connecting us together. Yes, yes sir. Andy, Andy. So thank, thank you, you so Andy. Much. <laughs> Absolutely. But welcome to the show. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity for me to speak with you today, and, and I'm just looking forward to our time together. Um, you and I had a conversation a few weeks ago where we, where we met and saw a lot of synergy between what we do and what you do. Uh, but our audience, this may be the first time they've, they've met Michael Davis before, so 
introduce yourself to them, let them know uh, about yourself from you. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Michael Davis, uh, born and raised in Berkeley, California. California kid living in Texas. Uh, came out here whoo, uh, really back in 1997 time frame after grad school. Uh, went to Northeastern, got my MBA, uh, worked at TI, and I was a financial analyst for them. Uh, prior to that, uh, I was actually at UC Berkeley, played football for them. Uh, shortly, I played in the CFL. Uh, it was too cold out there, so I was like, hey, let me go ahead and get out of here and uh, go on to uh, grad school, which was a crazy thing for a lot of my teammates. I couldn't understand that, but I'll talk about that later. And uh, my mom was uh, vice mayor of Berkeley back then when I was growing up. So she was the first African-American woman to do so. And she was really the foundation of really just the growth mindset that I was able to establish at a young age, uh, going to Cal and, and, and really helping me define who I was, what I could actually become and really fighting for my identity, which was really the introduction to the foundation of our nonprofit Ethos Education Group. Well, tell us a little bit about what really prompted you to develop a vision for Ethos Education Group. Because I must say, when you share with me what you guys are doing in the vision, it was inspiring and yeah. exciting for me to hear. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure it's going to be the same way for our audience as well. Yeah. So Ethos really stands for character in Greek. Um, that's really the idea around uh, ethos is really developing, you know, character uh, basically on based on identity, purpose and value and vision, um, character enhancement. And so, you know, the trigger, I would say, in the genesis of the idea was really from my mother um, going back to my Cal days playing ball as a student athlete. Uh, what I remember is my mother, they called her Mama D. And uh, my teammates would come over and they would have, you know, dinner or lunch or whatever mom was cooking. Uh, they would come eat. And that was always her hook. Right. And, uh, and so when she would come, her whole thing was, I want to know more about you outside of you playing ball. Um, tell me about yourself. What do you want to do after the ball's over? And, and half of them would say, hey, I want to go to the league. And Mama D, I'm going to buy you a car. I'm going to do this for you, Mama D. And my mom was like, look, I don't need all that. I just want to know what it is that you want to do and how you and how you see yourself. And so I heard that all my life. But what I did get was I saw guys for the first time be challenged to define their identity, to define their purpose beyond the narrative of them just being athletes, uh, them just being entertainers. Like what else is there that makes up who you are? There has to be more that God has put you on this earth to do. And it's okay to say you don't know because we can do the work. We can actually start thinking about it. We can pray on it. We can actually do, do the work that, that people kind of push to the side and say, hey, your narrative of your identity is in this box called being an athlete. And let's just keep it there. And so I would say that was the genesis of, seeing my teammates and seeing their reactions and knowing what I got from it, um, that was what ethos came from, is having that genuine conversation, that safe haven to have those tough conversations, to be vulnerable uh, in a space that uh, a lot of guys didn't want to do, 
didn't feel very comfortable doing um, because they looked weak. They felt weak. They felt like, hey, if I tell you that I don't know what I want to do, you can take advantage of that. And so let me just stay in this box that's normal, that's not challenged, uh, and live life in this particular space. Well, the problem with that is if it's not in alignment with your true purpose in life, will you really be happy? Will you really be everything you're supposed to be if you're living in this, this narrative that's not really aligned to who you are and what God wants you to do? And so that was the genesis of ethos I got with Tim Brown and Everson Walls. Uh, those were clients of mine when I left TI and got into sports uh, marketing. Um, you know, and I would push their narrative or i.e. their brand to different companies. And um, I said, hey, we need to do something with the families. They need to hear these same stories that were pushed into Nabisco and, and PepsiCo. The families need to hear about when you failed and you got back up. They want to hear about some of the things that you don't share, right, on ESPN. And I don't share when I actually sell your brand. But there's blessings in what you've been through and how you've got back up that they can actually learn from. So these, these failures and the things that we go through in life is not necessarily for us, it's for somebody else for us to testify to. Mm. And, and so- That's, that's strong yeah. there. Yeah, so that, that's really the foundation and the conduit of what ethos actually is. Uh, it allows for these stories to have life. It allows for these testimonials to have life and to allow it to breathe into somebody else's existence when it's all said and done. So how does it work? How does Ethos work uh, as, a, as a nonprofit? Who do they serve? You know, yes. How does it all fit together? So great question. So we get into the, the different ISDs or schools in the area. We have contracts with them uh, and we set up workshops. And those workshops are generally last for about 11 weeks. And uh, we have a portal that we take our kids through uh, that works in correlation with those particular workshops. And we're there for 11 weeks. It's called Ethos Village. Mm -hmm. And so in those particular uh, workshops, we go over those four portals, right? Those four, I'm sorry, pillars, identity, purpose, value, and vision. And then our fifth module is mental health. And in, in the workshops, we really talk about those elements and what's important in those particular pillars, right? To define your legacy. We then leverage the online portal, which is the village to be that conduit. So our kids are developing our, our profiles, kind of like uh, uh, Facebook, right? Okay, okay. MySpace back in there. I know I'm dating myself now when I say MySpace. <laughs> But, well, but, you know, last, you know, when we're recording this last week, you know, everybody thought for a day, we might have to all go back to MySpace when that's Facebook right, went that's down. Right. <laughs> Facebook got shut down. That's right. So, so yeah, so, so that's, that's where they have their profile and it comes to life based on their existence and their identity and their purpose. Right. And then the secondary consumer, which is just really the community uh, partners, that can be employers, that can be trade schools, that can be universities. They now are introduced to our kids by way of this portal and the profiles of these kids that went through this legacy plan. And so the kids can now determine and dictate, right, who they are and showcase that to the secondary consumer or community partners and say, hey, wow. 
I'm not that what you may think. Let me tell you truly who I am. Let me show you the work that I've done. Let me showcase some of the projects that I've done by way of my online portal. So it's really a safe haven. It's kind of what I had with my mother in, in, in the living room, but now it's more of a virtual living room and a virtual conversation of having all these people from different places testify to our kids in this safe haven called the village. I love that analogy. And I started smiling because I started picturing that you're, you're yeah. making a virtual uh, mom's living room. You're trying That's to be, it. you're, you're trying to be uh, the mama D to, to all the, that's the youth it, that are man. coming through your program. I, now yeah, I see that. That's yeah, cool. That's it. That's it. That's exactly what we're doing. Nothing more, nothing less. So what's the goal? What, what do you hope to accomplish for these youth? You know, what do they get out of it? You know, why? Why should they be a part of it, I guess? Well, I, I think ultimately, um, again, I, and I saw this in the pandemic, right, with student athletes that we work with. So let's say in California, in certain areas or regions of the United States, certain uh, kids didn't play sports, right? Mm -hmm. In California, they didn't play one snap of football. Uh, Texas, we did. And so when you- Of saw, course you did in Texas. You're not you gonna skip football in Texas. <laughs> right, no matter what. <laughs> Pandemic, what? We're gonna have- yeah, That's exactly right. Football, so, but in California, it's like, nah, we're not doing it. And so I would talk to some of the coaches uh, that I grew up with uh, that were coaching in California and said, Mike, we're having such a hard time with our kids. They're having this identity crisis. Like they don't know who they are because they can't play this sport. They're lost. And so at that point, I was like, wow, I, I, I didn't understand to the magnitude of taking something away that they love, that they identify to, be it right, wrong, or indifferent. But it was like, what else can we teach our kids so they don't have this, this mental breakdown, right? Um, where they don't actually go to the left, where they're not discouraged. It's a great time to really be reintroduced to yourself with a different lens. Because at some point in time, this sport's going to end, right? I don't care how good you are, it's going to have to end. And you're going to have to be faced with these same questions about who you really are. What's your identity? What's your purpose? What's your value structure? Uh, how do you set goals to go beyond uh, today going into tomorrow? And so if you don't have those conversations, how far behind will you be when these certain narratives that you align yourself with initially are taken away? Wow. And so that's what they don't talk about in school, right? It's the, the academic or academia side of, of that world is really to teach to take a test, right? We're trying to teach you to pass this test. But what about the value of what the test really represents? What is it that I'm trying to, to, to accomplish? What's the end goal for me for certain kids? And that's what's missed. We don't talk about the in-between. You, you taught me how to pass this test. I passed it. Now what? Yeah. And that's where these kids are left with not knowing how to connect those dots to say, now what? And social media does a great job. When you can't answer that question for yourself, social media has a great record, right, of success and saying, I'm going to tell you who you're going to be. I'm going to tell you exactly. If you don't know who you're going to be, I'm going to tell you exactly what you're going to do. And, and even if you believe it or not, you're going to gravitate to it be right, wrong, or indifferent, that's what's going to happen. So we want to give the kids the power 
right? To give them back the power of who they are, really claim it, do the work that's there, that's necessary to be what God's made you to be. I'm writing that down because that's a, that is such a truth that I think our parents and youth need to understand that if you don't know who you are, mm -hmm. social media is going to find it for you. That's oh, powerful, absolutely. Michael. Absolutely, it is. I, that, that is a truth that I think is missed uh, by right. so many. They think it's just a great connection tool, and it can be. Maybe it's a great relationship building tool. It could be. That's right. But it's right. more of, of oh, wow, that is so powerful that if they don't know who they are, mm -hmm. um, that, that's going to define it for them. Wow. Well, tell me about where your program are, is currently. You know, who's involved with it? You know, how, how, do, how many youth do you have and, and yep. mentors, champions? How, does, how, how many you got in this program? Where are you? Yeah, so we just signed a really, really big deal with Frisco ISD. So we have 35 campuses that we service. Wow, that's yeah, huge. That, that it is. It really is. That's high school uh, and middle school? or High school, middle school, elementary. <laughs> 35 campuses. That's big. 35 campuses. Yes, sir. So we have roughly about 1,400 students within those 35 campuses mm. that will be elected to working with Ethos during that time, 11 to 12 weeks. Now, how, how do um, they determine who, who gets which selected. students enroll? They are selected. How are they so, selected? So we really try to frame it and give that job over to, we say, the administrators of that campus. They know those kids better than us. Mm -hmm. we, 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 we want them to be very inclusive in their selection. So it's not for the kid that has uh, uh, attitude issue or behavioral problems. It's not a kid that's the dropout. It may be the kid that's really, really good in school, but's very shy, hasn't found their voice. Um, or, or a kid that has all these leadership skills and qualities, but they may not see it themselves. Um, you may see kids that the expectation level has been so low that they don't work beyond it. They don't achieve anything beyond the expectation level of what's been given to them. So they, so they don't excel, but they have the ability to excel. You can see it. They're very smart. They're very knowledgeable. Um, but because of maybe the environment of a fixed mindset, maybe it's a generational element that mom doesn't know certain things or hasn't been exposed to certain things and dad hasn't been exposed to certain things, then I can't expose my kid to those ways of thinking. I may want that for my kid, but if I don't know it, then how do I pass it on? And so it's more of a generational curse that may happen. And so we try to help you know, the, the schools and the counselors really try to frame it because when we initially got in, it was like, oh, let's take all these type of kids, troublemakers, right? We put a, a black and brown face to it maybe sometimes to say these are the ones that need to be in this program. No, it's inclusive to all kids. Um, and we try to meet them where they are and say, hey, let me introduce to you what I know God has in you. You don't mm -hmm. see it yet, but we do. Your counselors do, your administrators do, right? Maybe even your mom and dad don't see it, but we see this, this, this vision. We, have, we see God in you as far as these qualities. We wanna introduce you to that person and then walk away. 
and go to the next kid. Let God do the rest from there and go find the next kid. So it's not anything that we do to teach them anything different other than to see themselves in the proper light and to see the qualities that may not have been tapped into that's currently there now as I speak to you. I love, the, I love the pillars that you've developed here, the identity, purpose, value, vision. What was the fifth one? I didn't get to write that one down. Oh, uh, mental health. That's, that's yep. the piece, I think, the glue, because we see kids start to wrestle with this identity element. They say, well, wait a minute. You're telling me I can be great? I've been told all my life I'm, I can't be great. You're telling me I can be smart? I've been told I've been dumb. So when you try to change and shift that, some kids may experience fear and doubt. And, and, and you know, so, so, so how do you mentally keep the kid engaged where they don't quit because of that fear and doubt? And so that's a mental health element that we get into, right? And so we at least introduce that. We give um, uh, we have actual content pieces, modules that speak to it just to really take that, that stigma away of mental health. Uh, we have counselors that are set up to meet with our families for free uh, if they need to go to that level of support. But it's important to address it. It's important for the kids to understand that this fear and doubt and worry that you may have during this process of understanding who you are is normal because you're human. You live in this world, right? And so it's, it's normal to have these fears and these worries and these doubts, but let's address it. Let's learn how to address it. Let's understand the different strategies that you can actually employ that's gonna help you keep you on track and go forward in your life. Where did you guys come up with the four pillars at? I mean, the, I, I love them. I think they're right on line with, with yeah. what they should be doing, but our audience may be sitting there going, did you just pull these out of the air? Where did you get these things? <laughs> no, I, I got to give it back to mom, Mama D. I got really? <laughs> Yeah, Mama D. That was what she stressed in my life for many, many years. Um, and so with my uncle and my and my mom and my grandmother, um, they- Maybe I really, should be interviewing Mama D. Maybe we should get should her. be. Ain't no question. <laughs> no question about it. But yeah, I just, I just took what she gave me and just said, hey, this worked for me. And I've seen it work for others, right? Let's keep doing it. So who, how did you develop the curriculum or who did you get to help with that? Or how did, how did, because I know you, uh, when we were talking, you talked about modules, you talked about workbooks. Yes. They're all of them they can go through. How did all that, that's a lot of work, Michael. That's, it is time consuming. You ain't lying. It, it is a lot. We've developed curriculum before. I know. Yeah. When I see that kind of stuff, I, I, I stand back and go, yeah, you guys got it going because that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, so I, I tell you, it's an interesting story. So when we first started, like, whew, uh, close to 10 years ago now, um, Dr. Alicia Young was a person that was introduced to us. She's on our board now. Uh, she was a person that uh, she was like, hey, I have this curriculum. It's a character-driven, you know, uh, program. It didn't have those four pillars, but it had some elements around certain pieces of it, like purpose and values, uh, the identity and the goal setting were things that we brought in later. But I tried to build this myself and I was like, man, this is this is too much. I cannot do this. I know I can write, but I gave all my friends that became uh, actual professors. I gave them a lot of kudos. I said, man, 
<laughs> I take my hat off. You guys are wonderful. You guys are incredible. Um, but I went to guys and people that I went to school with at Berkeley first. And uh, we, we had this one particular module. I was so proud of it. It took us 12 months to do. And then Dr. Lisa Young knocked on the door and she said, listen, I have 12 of them. I said, really? I was like, wow. I said, you know, I need to talk to you because this, this took us one year. The way I'm going is going to take me 12. <laughs> you know, to get the whole, the whole catalog together. So uh, she actually, um, you know, sold us her curriculum. But what she did, she didn't sell it to us. I said, I don't have, we don't have any money. We're just starting off. Right. She said, God spoke to me. I love what you're doing. I can sell this tomorrow for a lot of money, but I really believe in what you guys are doing. Um, I'm in alignment with what you guys are doing. And she gifted it to us. And I said, wow. Um, you know, she said, just pay what you can. Like, but but that, I knew that was God. I mean, now I knew that was something that that was was his blessing. Right. She was an angel uh, to allow us to be able to start this program and bring in two of those four pillars. Uh, the rest of it was done through Tina uh, Robinson and um, and Tina was uh, she's still with us. She's incredible uh she 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 saw the vision and what we're doing and uh she said listen i i, I want to take this home for you and i just had a lot of just angels around me right that just saw the vision um that understood it for what it was in regards to just the the foundational pieces that we're trying to build that's missing in our community and tina said listen i i, I believe in you uh, i want to see this work um, and just her whole core competence was in curriculum. It is in the space of academia. That's not where my space was at all. Uh, and like she said, listen, I, I got you. And so we went back and forth and really fine tuned uh, the whole four pillars and then added the fifth module. And so it was a lot of prayer, it was a lot of understanding of where we were, where we wanted to be and how we want to be aligned in these families. Uh, so we were all were always, I can say that we all were definitely aligned for the right reasons in building this whole module or modules. And so I would, I would say, you know, through just relationships and prayer and, and finding these angels mm -hmm. that really said, I got you. I know you don't know where you're going. That's what, I mean, that's what God does anyway, right? I mean, just trust in me, right? I got you. And he was gonna, he's going to bring the right people for the right reasons. As long as you stay in the right alignment, um, you, you, I got you. And so that's been our story. Uh, a lot of angels uh, that are, we call ethos champions, that are mentors to our kids, um, that are just people that just pour in just because they believe in the mission. And yeah, I was going to ask you about your champions, you know, who yeah. they are and how do, yeah. you, how do you find them? So really, again, it's it's uh, it started off with Everson and Tim, and Everson I would say is really the pillar behind the champions, because of his relationship. And I have to go back a little bit, um, in, in 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 talking about the why, why ethos. One of the stories that really resonated with my spirit was when Tim, I'm sorry, when Everson actually donated his kidney to Ron Springs that really touched my heart, right? And like everybody else, you know, when you hear that story, he had diabetes, he was a teammate, 
of Mr. Walls back in the day and and uh, he donated his kidney, right? He, he gave of his life, um, you know, risking his life, I should say, you know, to, to give to his, his best friend. And a lot of people will say they would do it until <laughs> it's, it's asked um, and he did it. And just to kind of see the process of how that unfolded, I'm like, that's the value. That's the character that I want to, to grow out. Right. I want to make that be something that everybody can see, touch and feel. And so that was part of the why, why ethos, why this mission. Uh, so I had to kind of digress and go back to that, because that was something that was something strong in my heart that I really wanted people not to kind of push to the side, but say this needs to be something that we all strive to do in our lives. Um, and if we can't, you know, then obviously we can work to try to get to that level. But let's talk about what that feels like. Let's talk about how that can be something uh, that can grow uh, in, in everybody's heart. Right. So our champions, I wanted to have him be the catalyst for, you know, who comes in. Right. He's he's kind of like the gatekeeper. Right. So he he tells a story like no other. Um and says, hey, I, I want to match up kids because I understand the power of sports and entertainment is what kids gravitate to. And so if I can get different people that they look at on ESPN and CBS Sports and et cetera, but then again, tell those stories, those real life stories of how do you stay committed to your goal? Um, how do you reshift your identity and purpose for the right reasons? And, and, and so those are people that come on board. It's nothing that we have to beg anybody to do. They're, they're knocking down our door to want to tell their story because wow. they see the impact that it can make. Um, and so we start there, but then I'll tell you this, we don't want it to just be about sports and entertainment. We want it to be about, again, being exposed to other occupations, right? But if I can take these same character traits, uh, fortitude, perseverance, commitment, and I can say to a, a young kid and say, listen, how do you think Tim Brown describes commitment? Do you think it's similar to what Dr. Brown over here who works with kids or works as a surgeon? Do you think his alignment with commitment is the same thing as his athlete? And they kind of pause and they say, Maybe. I said, well, it exactly is the same. His level of commitment, his definition of commitment, and we actually show these like these little, little snippets, these little videos, and they actually have a very similar breakdown of commitment. And so the kid then realizes, well, success is not really based on the occupation. It's based on your value traits. Ooh. That's what's going to determine your success. So if this athlete says, hey, I'm not going to play sports anymore, I want to now become a lawyer, chances are if the value systems are intact, he's going to be just as successful as he was on the football field or basketball court or baseball diamond that he is going to be in the medical arena or the, the courtroom or whatever profession he chooses or she chooses. But it's all the stuff in between that's going to make the difference those four pillars, as we say, is going to make, or the fifth pillar being mental health, that kind of keep the glue 
together of the four pillars. That's going to make the difference. And like I said earlier, that's what's missed in regards to academia. We're teaching mm -hmm. for this test. These kids are super, super smart. But how does that translate into their careers, into their lives as fathers, as mothers, as husbands, as wives, as entrepreneurs, whatever it may be? How, does, how do you connect those things? And so that's the stuff that we really get into um, and why the champions come on and tell their story and make sure that we tell and have other champions that have other occupations. You're just as valuable as a Tim Brown or Mike Singletary or anybody else, because again, your path to success with your personal legacy plan is just as important. Just as important. So they got it here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Well, the younger group may not recognize that name, but if you're around our age, you don't recognize Mike Singletary's name. He <laughs> certainly was not paying attention to football. That's right. That's right. Yeah, linebacker and Bears. So, yes, sir. You've been, you've been doing this uh, 10 years, right? Yes, sir. So by now, you, you've got testimonials. You've got success stories. You've got case studies of yeah. people that have gone through this. Without yes, obviously, you know, betraying anything, what is what is some of the stories? Because I can hear some of the people who are watching this or listening to this going, this sounds all wonderful and great, but is it really working? Or is it just a bunch of feel-good stuff for the people who are involved with it so they can pat themselves on the back and say, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. some skeptic out there thinking they're not really doing anything. Right, they're not helping right. anybody at all. Right. Tell them to, to prove them wrong. Tell them, who's a, tell them something. Yeah, no. So really, 83% of our kids translate into what we call as a growth mindset. So these are kids that now had a fixed mindset walking in that says, hey, who I am is never going to change, right? Uh, to a growth mindset to say, hey, these bumping the roads are just my setup for a comeback. It's just my ability to learn and get better. And so that's number one. You look at our, the GPAs of the kids that come through our program in the 90 percentile. You talk about a, a, ADA, average daily attendance, going, going up uh, mm -hmm. in our schools. Um, so from all the different check boxes, if you will, around those core elements, ADA, GPA, behavioral issues, those are all improving in, in every school that we go to. And they say, well, Mr. Dez, what are you guys doing that's different? I said, well, we're just reintroducing them to really who they're meant to be, right? We're leveling and increasing their expectation or the bar that may have been very low because of the fixed mindset. So when we see kids that say, hey, you've been a loser all your life, you're not smart, well, that kid's probably not going to try that hard. He's, he's going to give exactly what it is that you tell me he's going to be or what she's going to be. But what if I raise that bar up? What would they get better? Will they want to get better? Well, chances are what we're showing with this growth mindset that they're actually are getting better. They want to get, it's more intrinsic. It's not anything that's promoted. It's not a gift. It's not these incentives. It becomes heartfelt, right? As they see themselves doing better and understanding that they can be great, not just good. And the bar is higher that they do better. It's not, it's not a magical element here. But if you encourage and pour into these kids and allow them to see it from that perspective, that's what we're doing. 
we're not in there, you know, it's not a tutorial program, we're not teaching them different things in regards to academia subject matter in regards to math, science, or foreign language. We're teaching them about themselves and being comfortable with themselves, uh, even the new person, the new self, and letting that have the, the, the confidence level uh, to come out. Uh, so that's what we're doing. Uh, that's what you see in the classrooms. And you're seeing better people when it's all said and done. You're seeing better people that makes our society better. And so if we can all invest in that, you know, obviously the cost to our society goes down, right? Mm -hmm. I was going into jail, prisons, what have you. Somehow, some way society has to pay for that. What if we curve that? What if we do our part to allow us to see kids to see themselves differently? So now when they come back to a place uh, in society, they become more of a productive citizen as opposed to somebody that takes away because that's what they were taught to do or that's what their alignment was based on exposure of what mom and dad said they can do and can't do. Or maybe even the teachers or counselors may have that mindset to say, hey, you know what, why even try? You're gonna be this anyway. I'm gonna push you in this corner and good luck. What if that can, mindset changes? Can so, can uh, an adult youth worker who ha is working with youth or a parent for that matter, mm -hmm. that, that has a child that fits kind of the demographic that might benefit from this, you know, they, mm -hmm. uh, they've not found their voice yet, as you yep. said, they have yep. the potential, but they just don't have that kind of growth mindset. Can they participate in this, even if they're not in Texas, if they're not in Frisco, if they're not a part of somewhere? Absolutely. How, um, how do they do that? How, how is, uh, you know, my neighbor down the road going to connect with you? How, how can, how can I help them? Great question. So we have the Ethos Village portal where you can log in yourself. You can buy a license. If you can't afford a license, you can be gifted a license. Uh, but now you're part of the village just by simply logging in and creating your account. Once you log in, you get two things off the rip or three things. You get your profile, you get a mentor, and you get an Ethos alumni. So what is an Ethos alumni? Well, these are kids that we talked about that been through our program, that have went through the program, went to school, I may went to Columbia, may went mm -hmm. to Clemson, uh, may go to Yale, uh, or just a local college down the street or a, a local trade school, but they're coming back teaching. They're coming back and same values, right? So now what used to be a generational curse becomes a generational blessing. They may say, oh, Mike Davis, oh, he's too old. He don't understand what I'm going through. Tim Brown, I never heard of him. Mike Singletary, like you said, who's that guy, right? But you know the kid down the block who looks like you, who you, who, who you may even play basketball with, right? Do and walk out of the same situation that you're in currently and then come back and say, man, I did it. What's your excuse? Let me help you do what I did. Let me help you see what I saw. So you have a you have alumni who's more that like quality control. Hey, I'm your big brother. I'm your big sister. You got that mentor that that allows you to have this growth mindset to kind of to pour that back into you. That's a local, you know, uh, individual in the community. It can be a doctor, lawyer, dentist, whatever it is that really cares and wants to give them the proper exposure. But the magical sauce is the ethos alumni. That's that kid 
who has been in our program over those past 10 years, who now comes back. That's the value piece that's missed. Now you have this continual growth from peer-to-peer leadership. Oh, I love that. Yes, that, that builds into our ecosystem. So that's it. I love when we are equipping uh, youth to help their, their own generation, when we are providing them with the resources that they can go out and be the difference makers that they could be called to be. Uh, Absolutely. That it doesn't Absolutely. just fall on those of us. I am much more excited in life now at this stage of my life on equipping others to go and be the difference makers in their own world than I am to be the person that's out on the front, you know, on the stage speaking. I still enjoy it, but I much rather equip, you know, I'd much rather equip 10 people to be a different makers than speak to 10,000 because that's I know, right. That's right. Because I know I may do a great job and, and they might start a fire with somebody. But exponentially, those 10 people that I pour my life into, they can do so much more. That's right. Um, than, That's than right. I ever can. How can our audience uh, connect with you? How can they find out about you? Where can they go? Give Absolutely. them all the information that they need <laughs> so they can, they can find you. Absolutely. And everybody's voice is valuable. Like I said, um, it doesn't matter, you know, again, where you've come from. If this is something that resonates with your spirit, we, we need you. We want you. We, we got to have you um, to be able to pour into these kids. And, and one of the things I'll say before I mentioned earlier, the things that you've been through wasn't really just for you. It was for you to give back to this kid who you, you, you haven't met yet. Right. God knows that you're going to meet this kid at some point in time. But you went through these things in your life to be able to testify to this one kid. And that's, that's what's so profound, amazing to me to say all this stuff that we go through and we're crying about and everything else and we work through, we actually achieve and get past it is for your testimony to pour back into somebody else that needs to hear it because they may be on the fence of giving up or committing suicide mm. or quitting, whatever it is, where that quitting becomes a habit. So your voice, not mine, but yours, is the key. And so that's what I always instill in people that come in to eat those, to say, you're just as valuable as this Hall of Famer over here. We just go to these other people because, you know, let's be honest. I mean, sports entertainment is a hook. It brings all together during Thanksgiving, during Christmas, during different things. We watch sports around the TV set got our plate of food and everything else. So it connects us, I get that. But what holds us together are these real life testimonies and stories that we've been through, right? In our own right. And we can show and say, hey, I've been there. I feel your pain. Here's what I did. So to answer your question, www.ethosvillage.com takes you to our portal that lets you log in to get your digital license to be a part of the village as a mentor, uh, as a student, uh, as a champion, either or, whatever it is that you are, whatever your voice is, right? We want you. And that's how we can get you <laughs> is the ethosvillage.com. To learn about the nonprofit that it supports is ethoseducationgroup.org. That's where you can learn about the nonprofit um, and what just our whole story, how we got here, 
who's all involved, um, the whole nine. So, we're, uh, audience, make sure you read the show notes because I'm going to put both of those links plus uh, maybe your social media contacts as well in the show notes. So if you're looking at YouTube, just look down. You'll see them there. If you're listening, go to your app and, and read the show notes and you'll find the links there and stuff. So um, any any parting words of wisdom to folks uh, who, who are excited about this, uh, who really want to pour into the, the lives of youth and maybe their own children, Anything you would share with them before we wrap? No, I, I think just what I said before, your, your, your voice is valuable. Your, your, mm-hmm. your experience is valuable. Um, you went through those things because there's an opportunity that's bigger than just us, uh, that these kids and um, families in general need to hear to reinforce things that may be already in them, but they need to have your voice for it to come out. Um, and if it doesn't happen, you know, there's chances of these people giving up and, uh, it may not be my voice that resonates with them. And a lot of times it's not, it's, it's the other person. And, and, and that's not by accident. That's ordained. I believe that it's not a coincidence, um, but it's on purpose, right? It's, it, and that's what I want people to understand when they have that gut in their feeling, don't ignore it, uh, go to the site. Um, log in and, and, and be part of the village in whatever aspects uh, that you want to give, you can give. And um, so I, I'll leave with that. I, I think that's really the thing that has been profound for me is that I went through things in my life and I wonder why did I go through that, Lord? I don't understand. That was so much pain. And, and then when I have a testimonial or that time I, I meet this kid and I'm sharing it with them, I'm like, oh, I get it. Now I know why I went through that seven years ago, because I wouldn't be able to have this conversation with this kid, and it wasn't going to be received if I didn't go through it. Michael, thank you. Yes, thank sir. Thank you for your time, and look, thank you, Andy, uh, for, for <laughs> no, seeing Andy. the synergy yes, between our groups, uh, <laughs> for connecting with us. I'll have to uh, text him and tell him what a, what a wonderful time we had. To our audience, listen, someone you know really needs to hear this message, needs to hear about this opportunity. So would you share this uh, podcast? Would you comment on it? Would you like it? It would mean the world to you and to someone that you know. And until next week, uh, we'll be back again with another episode of the Gen Z Show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.